Oh, this is the Chewing It Over Takeover with the Physio Masters First Steps. We're here, we're going to be here every first Tuesday of the month. Uh, my name's Reese, and we've got Amelia. Hey. And Farouk here today. Hello, can you guys hear me? Yep, perfect. Yeah. So what we're going to talk today about is what to expect on your placement and how to prepare the best way for your placement to get started. Um, so please do comment with any questions and we'll respond towards the end of the session. If you've got any comments or questions that you have around your placement or if you're an educator that you want to make any comments, let us know anything that you do. So this is based on our own experiences or some pocket guides that we have as well, of which we'll put resources in the comments at the end also. So to start with, I'm going to ask a few questions of Amelia and Farouk on how they found their placements and what's going on at the moment with COVID as well. Um, as we mentioned on last week's Tune It Over with Jack, my placement was due to start yesterday, but it actually got cancelled due to a COVID outbreak. So I've done all the prep for it, but I haven't actually got on placement yet. So I'm still waiting for that. So to start off with, like I know Amelia, you've had a few placements um, for your working at the moment. So Amelia, how have you found your placements going through the the covid pandemic at the moment um well uh, yeah i've only ever done like assessed placements within the pandemic so it's difficult in that i don't have like that comparison but i know that things can change at short notice a lot more so like with placements being delayed or changed or you know the area changing that you'll be going in and things like that and you've got to be more careful in terms of your ppe on placement and things like that. There's just a lot more to consider and there are a lot more worries and things that you're thinking about than normal. Um, but everyone, everyone's on the same boat of placement and you know, the, you know the staff are doing as much as they can um, with the pandemic. So you're just sort of like happy to support and help out and get as much learning from it as you can. What were you, have you been on a respiratory or MSK? What kind of placements? I've been on a online, um, um, virtual MSK placement so we were doing telephone consultations and then I've also been on a stroke rehab unit and um, so the stroke rehab unit was operating fairly much as before the pandemic just with increased levels of PPE and, and changes in patient levels and then we had a, a we did have a ward closure at, at some point during that but it was a really positive experience and I still learned a lot um, with the team and everything. And then I had a on my virtual placement doing telephone consultations. That was really good. I was a bit nervous because like, how am I going to be motivated? Just, you know, um, checking in every day, you know, from home and stuff. But I still found it really useful. And I was able to keep in touch with my clinical educator really regularly and they were really helpful. And I found that it really increased my clinical reasoning skills because you had to know a lot more about the condition and specific questions that you were asking so it really helped me develop my subjective skill um subjective assessment skills so yeah yeah it was really useful in terms of that so each placement was different in terms of what i learned from them like the stroke rehab one was more about my handling skills and things like that um but yeah i was just really happy to get out on a placement and learn like i was like oh my gosh a placement um I, yeah. I think when i eventually do get out on placement i'll be the same just excited and, and looking forward to it so Farouk, I know you're working at the moment. So did you graduate last summer or did you have any placements during COVID and before? 
so yeah, I graduated, you know, last summer. Uh, but the interesting thing is that my last placement was actually cancelled. Uh, it was actually a neuro, which is ironic because I'm currently working in community neuro. So my last placement, which was neuro, uh, inpatient was cancelled. So I haven't had any placements during the pandemic. I only had to go through the later half of my, you know, finishing my degree in the pandemic. But uh, just based off the placement, so this good Amelia has the experience of what's, what it's like now currently in placements. However, you know, my most of my placements were before the pandemic and then working in the pandemic now, I can already even see the stark differences between the two, the two styles of working where they're having even if you're talking not about just PPE wise, that's a whole topic in itself. Yeah, yeah. The things you have to do every time, and it's a process. It takes like it takes like five six minutes just to get your stuff on, get it off, and those type of you know protocols. But one of the interesting things about pl my placements that I had before was uh, so background was I think I had one in you know trauma and orthopedics. I had one in cystic fibrosis, which is respiratory. I had uh, gerontology and I had MSK patients. Now all those ones were completely, you know, different style of what we were doing. You know, back then, obviously, NHS always has the issue of staffing. You know, it always has the, this is an issue that has always been there yeah. for years. Now, during this pandemic, it only brings it out. So as you can imagine, and you recently, you guys have had issues now with placements due to multiple staffing, either not enough staff to be able to feel like they can support students as well as yeah. also, you know, do their job, which has always been an issue for multiple years now. It's just been really stretched as much as possible now or basically i can always imagine all my placements that i had there was always the issue it was always there somewhere even now as i'm working i think both places i've been there's always some staffing issues which is a big issue when you're talking about placements because you know students need qualifiers to be to be able to you know take you and then it's it's a for me it's a i hope so i don't go off topic too much it's a catch-22 where you, we need to you need to train students on with placements so that they can so you guys can come and work as well however if we're not able to give you placements as well how are you going to come as well and then the staff shortages keep going and it's a basically a slippery slope of you don't have staff you're not going to able to train students and then you're not going to have staff because the students aren't ready and it's it's a big problem and for me the differences between the two of working non-pandemic and during pandemic are almost night and day because now there are increased loads uh on all services and it's completely appreciable because now we have waiting list and we're trying to get through the waiting list as best as we can and it's just it's just basically brought forward a lot more issues that were already there before and basically taking them to to the max taking it back to your placements what did you do best to prepare for the placements, Amelia? You've had some going over with COVID, and Farouk, you've had some prior to COVID. So, what would you do to prepare yourself best for placements? Start with you, Farouk. I think you know preparation for placements. For me, um, I my style of my style of learning is uh, I, I always call it adaptable <laughs> because I don't like to give. I just I, I adapt to things, but. Absolutely, preparation is a big one. And what I mean, they're, they're the basic common tips that you would always give. You know, that you always try is try and reach out beforehand. You know, reach out to your educator, ask those questions so you know what to expect. Because I think for my one of my placements that I struggled the most was one that I'll be honest, I got sent the what I sort of looked over. I didn't look over it as well as I could. And when I got there, they were asking me these questions, and I felt you know shade. I was like, oh, I wish I had no. I should have looked a lot more into it. And it's asking those type of questions. What type of patients will you be seeing? What type of you know demographics are you seeing? And another very important one is what are the you know referral pathways? Basically, 
what options do you have in the trust? Because you know, if you talk about for example, your community, you might be able to refer to speech language. Just having it, obviously, depending on what level of placement, if it's your first or it's your last, the type of question or what they would expect from you is, it can be vastly different. However, knowing that beforehand, it gives you two things. It allows you to look a lot smarter and get, get you some extra more points and extra marks in placement. But also just it lets you transition smoothly because you don't want to get just get in there and you feel like, oh my God, this is all overwhelming. So having that you know, previous knowledge of, okay, so these are the type of patients, let me go quickly read up on them and figure out what to do beforehand. Those are kind of very good, important topics. And I can go a lot more, but I'll let Amelia have some. So I don't yeah, I, I love the practical side of preparation. So I like to like do like a dry run of getting there. So I know like how long it takes there, like what time I need to get up in the morning. And there's always like ridiculous like methods for car parking. Sometimes you need to pay with like about 10, pound coins or something you know and i don't have coins anymore so it's just like figuring out the car parking situation is also important and then just letting asking about like what uniform you need to wear and you know just like practical stuff like that and like how you know how are you going to relax the weekend because it's a different sort of pace of life to university yeah. so you just need to think about you know what are you going to be able to do when you're on placement sometimes i have to be like right i won't be able to do that that i'd normally do um and at the weekends, I'm just going to, you know, make sure I'm focusing on relaxing and resting or, you know, things like that. So just considering that as well. Yeah. One of the, the things, just to add to what you've both said there, is fantastic points, is I, I put something on Twitter uh, last week and got some great feedback. I've never done anything on where I was met, uh, pediatrics I was going for. And um, I had didn't know where to start. So I put something on Twitter, got some really good feedback and got some good points. And I got ended up getting one of the recommended readings for the book. So definitely use social media as well as your, your dry run going to, you know, there might be certain nuances that you're not sure about getting to. And as Farouk says, make sure you know the NHS pathway for the trust that you're at as well. That's perfect. So moving forwards now, going for it. You oh, sorry, I just want to quickly add one thing. I think you hit it right with you know using social media because a lot of people are tend to be afraid. I will be honest, sometimes as much as you know, I use social media, I use it for my podcast XYZ. Sometimes I'm always I don't know what is the right word is scared to post something yeah. out there. You're worried you might not get responses, or you're worried people might you might look dumb, or you're worried about this. And you, you need sometimes you just need to get over that. As Reese said, you know, you ask a question. I asked a question not long ago about neuro, and I got some amazing feedback. And those are the resources I'm using. So you know, just putting yourself out there and asking those questions, and you will. The community can be brutal, physical community, but it also has very good sides of where very helpful. And overall, that's the overarching image. Yeah, and you can tag us at PM First Steps if you want it to reach more people, and we'll happily retweet it for you. So. Social media can be a, a mind storm of overwhelming information, but if you want information out, tag us. We can share it with some relevant people and tag other people into it as well. So, what would your what was your big tips, so to speak? If you're on placement, how would you maximise getting the most out of your placement? So, Amelia, we'll start with you. So, one thing that I found that I didn't realise on my first placement was that. You have like this learning agreement. It'll probably be different for different universities, but you have like goal setting of what you're going to achieve. And it was the idea is to make it so it's an active thing throughout the placement. It's not just something you do at the beginning, but it's something, you know, you check in with your 
educator like at the end or the beginning of each week to be like are we on track are we um hitting those things that I need to get from this placement and also a drive to make sure that you get what you need from that placement like be clear of like mate you know there's so many things you can learn on placement it's a bit overwhelming at times so it's just easy to start with you know a couple of simple goals and be like this is what I need to do this is what I want to learn if I don't learn you know everything you know that's okay but as long as I get these key skills out of it that's what I want to take away from it. So it's like using those le that learning agreement. That would be my tip. So being proactive with what you want to learn to get from it. Yeah, yeah, because because no one else is, you know, that your clinical educators there support you. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to get that learning out of placement. Like you're an independent, going to be an independent practitioner, and they will. You're a clinical educator, and your university will support you, but you'll be the one treating the patients when you are qualified. So it's it's up to you to be proactive. Yeah. Really? Anything to add for it? Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with you know, what Amelia said about the proactivity level and the, the importance of it is because, uh, again, this oh, the level of placement and what the goals you expect are always dependent on what placement it is because as first placement, you're that's where you really want to grab that learning. But by your last one, you really want to, um, what's it called, get to the point where uh, you're more independent because sometimes band five, especially during this time, I think particularly is where, and I wouldn't say you're getting less support, but it would be a lot more helpful. Like when you get a band five to be more independent. So you, they don't, you don't require that much support. So it's really important to use that time while you're still learning to get as much information as you can. And the, the burden of knowing what to ask and what to do is actually upon yourself. You know what I mean? It's up to you. Obviously, your educators want you to learn, but they will only push you to the point where they feel you are comfortable, if you understand what I mean. For example, if they've identified that you may be, and it, it's realistic, you, your needs may be a lot more than someone else, but you feel like you need a lot more, you want to know that more, you have to then show them and take that you know, proactive initiative in order to gain as much education, as information as you can, or ask the right questions, because to show them also, again, this also helps your marks when you're able to show that uh, you're willing to learn, you want to learn more, and you're not just settling back in a role and just taking it as it is, uh, because they would. that communication is very important. And that's a very big tip is communicating with that, your educator, making sure everything is clear, because you don't want to get to your fourth week, fifth week, and you only have one more week left. And then that's when you're expressing, oh, yeah, I, I want to do this, or I wish I could do this, that you have a condensed time. They can't grade you enough. So setting it out from the start of your placement what do you want to learn? What do you want to do? Where you think you are? And by the end of the first week, second week, you should be able to get a proper grip of, you know, where you see yourself in a few, you know, few weeks or what you fully want to achieve out of this whole placement. And um, you do that goal setting? Sorry, Amelia. Uh, sorry, I just wanted to say that we've got a comment um, in the chat. So I don't know if you want to, like, um, from Joe, so I don't know if you want to mention that yeah. at the end or... Um, So what I was going to say is, would you do that in the first week that you're in placement or would you do that before you go to placement? Getting the goal setting, that is. Um, in the first week. Um, yeah. yeah, there's no need to set goals before you go. Just have like an idea of what you want to get out of it beforehand, like a rough idea. And then when you go, discuss it with your clinical educator and they will know like what's sort of achievable and you can... Um, within that area but you can also bring your own experience of what you're hoping for and then just check in with that regularly 
So it's not like you get towards the end of your placement. It's like, oh, did I did I do any of those things? Yeah. Um, I, I, that's what I found helpful. But I didn't learn that until I was on placement. Um, that that's what was expected. Um, yeah. yeah. I think I think after after your first placement, or even if that first one, and that that were, that's where you know coming into line of before having that prep of you're going into gerontology knowing what type of patients you'll be seeing, what type of you know demographic, what are the illnesses. That way, even if you go your first week and you're telling your educator, oh, I want, I heard about this, 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 and then you can figure out which ones are realistic to what we are uh, going to know. Because you can't really set, uh, it, it's almost impossible to set goals prior to your placement uh, if you don't know exactly what they're doing there, how it yeah, that's, that's what Kim has just said in the chat. You can't, you can't know. It's, it's only going there with expectation to say, oh, I would like to learn this. And you figure out, can I learn this on this placement? Is that what we're doing here? But ultimately, it will be dependent on what you're actually doing on that placement. And as Amelia said, I think the first week is a good week to gauge. And during most placements, that first week is where you get settled and you figure out, you figure out what you're doing. You're setting all your goals and you're figuring out, OK, what am I actually realistically going to learn from here? But one thing I will add is after that first week and you get you know, your grounding, it's very important to show proactivity. I remember my gerontology one during for a presentation, I decided let's check out the elderly mobility score just to see if it's a practical thing. And that type of thing is one thing that they'll look at you and say, ah, we may not have been doing it on the on the ward, but we are open to try it. Obviously it gives you good extra marks. And then you figure out, is this actually practical for where I, I am working? So it comes in line with that um, you know, proactivity and setting it within the first two weeks of your placement most of the time, as Amelia said. Absolutely. That's a good point as well that obviously you mentioned Farouk. I thought you were reading Kim's comment there. <laughs> no, <I'm laughs> um, very coincidental. To say, to say that it's impossible to set goals before a placement because I think if you're a student like myself or obviously you as well, Amelia, yeah. for me, not having a placement yet, there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of what am I meant to do to maximise. So what I look at you know, is potentially add into the anxiety of oh god i need to set these goals but i don't know what to expect so doing that in the first week or the second week will be ideal and sitting down with your educator as well to set those goals in a, a proactive two-way conversation not just your educator telling you that these are the, the goals yeah. there so speaking of the first week we've got a, a comment there from kim any tips on cutting down the first week admin so amelia what would you say about the, the admin that's in the first week i would say just like have a list of what you what you really need to do like what is essential to do there's some things that you know you can do that are extras if you've got time that the university wants you to do that are good for your learning but make sure you know what the essentials are so you hit them but also there is going to be a lot of admin. So just be aware of that and make sure you're setting yourself aside enough time and making your clinical educator aware of the admin that you have to do so that you have enough time. Because the last thing that I want to do is come home when I'm really tired and do lots of stuff in the evening. So I try and get as much of it done during placement hours as possible because um, it is really tiring being on placement. So you And the admin does take time. So you've got you just got to allow for it. But yeah, it, it is tough. Um, but yeah, that that would be my tip. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think in order to cut down admin, it's the the most important thing you have to realize is some of it is 
Absolutely. It's grueling, but it's necessary. But the one thing you can do is, and this may, this may you know, people may, you know, may come up one way or the other is, you know, you need to pester your educator to, to get it done within that first week to try anything, basically, as, as we said before, goal setting, anything that you need to be done, because what you don't want is to drag it along into the next weeks, because at that point, if you're imagining you're trying to build a small caseload or build something, and then you're still worrying about, oh, I haven't signed off this, or I haven't filled out this form, you really want to try and do it within that those first few days. And that's something that I find educators are you know, quite good with. But some, you know, it's life. Some people different than others. But you can always try and pester in a sense or say, oh, yeah, we need to quickly do this and this and this because you don't want to be taking it into next week. But some, some, to be honest, the first week admin is almost inevitable. But uh, the important thing is trying not to drag it into the next coming weeks because that also, you know, some people may interpret it that it doesn't look good on your side if you're not, you know, proactive showing that you really want to get all these things done so you can actually establish what is non-admin stuff you need to be doing. I hope that answers the question, Kim. It's a difficult one, but it's it's inevitable that admin, but you can get on top of it as soon as possible to get it wrapped up. Those like myself that haven't had that first week, what kind of admin can you expect going into placements? Obviously you've got your, your soap notes, your, your notes, clinical notes. Is there anything added to that? I think it's different for each university and I would just check with the university. <laughs> I feel like we could like, yeah, that, that is all I'm going to say. It's di completely different for each university. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, I mean, I said it's different for universities and it's different from trust to trust. So, yeah. what, so this is, this is the best advice I can give on that front of what to expect is you might go into a trust and the first week you're running through their own trust, you know, student placements where they're telling you, you know, what a student can do, what a student cannot do. You know, what are your limitations, how you get how to get your notes signed off, are you on an electronic system, are you paper-based? Those are the type of things you might get in that first week. While some other places are they're basically using whatever your university has given them in that, you know, I'm sure I'm sure each of us have had that each of us have those uh, booklets, student placement booklets. So that's what they will just give you and say, you know, we're gonna run through with this and we don't have specific trust stuff. So it's always trust, trust based and you know, um, uni to uni. So it's very dependent and knowing which one it is beforehand might give you a bit of a helping hand but i would you know your first day you probably will find out all of that on that placement your first day so no, don't worry too much about it for someone like myself who's either not gone on placement yet or someone who's just started because i know my university's literally started yesterday what would you kind of what kind of advice would you give to someone who's very anxious about starting their placements what would be the best advice you could give them? Let you go immediately for it. I would just say you're going to be anxious. Just sort of accept it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it. Everyone feels that way before placement, and you're not in. You're not alone in feeling like that. I, the way that I personally handle it is through preparation, like doing that dry run, making sure I've spoken to the placement so they're clear of so that I'm clear of what I'm expected to do on the first day, you know, what's expected of me. And like, as you say, posting on Twitter, get a bit more information about the area. Um, and I also like, if I've got any concerns on placement, um, I'll like message my other um, physio course mates because they, they're always good at like supporting me. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm well nervous about going to placement tomorrow. And they're like, it's okay, you know, you can do it, Amelia. And just getting that positive um, reinforcement. But I know I can always speak to my university or my clinical educator if I've got any problems and if anything's going wrong. Because everyone expects that things are going to, you know, 
go a bit differently within the pandemic. No one's expecting you to be like this perfect student, especially within these sort of situation and scenario. Like everyone's aware there's a pandemic going on. So you've just got to give yourself a bit of a break, be kind to yourself. You know, you're turning up, you're doing the best you can. And that's enough. And it's okay to be out of your comfort zone. You know, you've got to be aware of what you can do safely within clinical practice, but it is all learning. So it is going to feel a bit uncomfortable. And I like to know what I'm doing. So I find it difficult. <laughs> but, you know, we are learning and you've just got to tell yourself that you're not going to know everything straight away. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an important point is you've mentioned your like we have a WhatsApp group or a Facebook group with all the students of my year in. And I feel like sometimes that's not maybe used as much, but we can lean on each other. We can ask each other questions and you know, lean on each other with regards to some anxieties around, especially going on at the moment with COVID and restrictions around placement. So what about yourself, Farouk? What would you give to students? I think uh, Amelia answered it very well. And so I would, I would repeat to everything she said, but the, the one I want to hammer on is using people, using your friends who have had a lot of the times you'll find your friend has had a similar placement before so that can really be a way you can use to calm yourself down when you ask them okay so what can i expect what can i expect Who, what is it like there is it busy is it this because the most most of the times anxiousness and anxiety comes from not knowing when you're not sure what to expect when you're not when you're going in there you feel like you're going in blind and anything can hit you with anything when you ask someone and they tell you they can give you a rundown of my first week was like this those type of things can help calm your nerves so I had a placement and my friend had one. I just I just told him, I said, this is how the word is. This is how it could be. This is how your education might be as well. This is So when you expect, when you have the adequate preparation, you can expect those type of things. It helps you bring those nerves down. And every, as I said, everyone works a bit differently where you have someone like me who I don't get too anxious very often because it's not a brag or anything. I just... <laughs> I have, my, okay. I, have my, I have my mechanism which don't allow me like fail six because don't allow me to panic too much. I don't like to panic uh, at all, but I can understand. I used to have that sometimes where I would be a bit anxious, and it's completely natural. But with preparation beforehand, it can really help drop those things, drop your nerves down um, to to the floor if you even choose to. Yeah, absolutely. Doing a trial run as we talked about before, doing the prep really does reduce that anxiety that I've found. So you you can't control everything going into a placement, but you can control the travel time and things like that by preparing in advance. Is there any, apart from those aspects, is there anything that we should really know going into placements, research going into placements? Like um, I know Amelia mentioned about red flags in a previous conversation and soap notes and stuff. So is there anything really that we should brush up on going into a placement to treat uh, patients? Is that with you, Amelia? Um, I think they don't they don't expect you to know everything going on to placement. So I just ask them what they would what the specific placement would find the most useful. I know that I found not that I've done this, but soap notes are really important because I wasn't sure how to write them, um, but just brushing up on how to write soap notes would be useful. Um, yeah, and I don't know, knowing different stats or having a notebook just so that if there are things that you don't know in placement, you can just write it down and then make sure you have a bit of time to read upon it as you go because you learn as you go. Um that's one that comes up is having a, a small notebook with you on in your yeah. pocket, make notes as you're going along. Absolutely, yeah. 
What about yourself, Farouk? Um, yeah, I think the big the big ones for me that I you should know is red flags because the the honestly one of the easiest ways to, uh, easiest or hardest however you take it ways to fail a placement or to be to be very flustered is when you do something unsafe now safety I mean, everyone knows the safety is always a priority of either student or anywhere so red flags are always a good one to know if there's nothing else you take going in it's at least red flags and i think i really said it soap notes just knowing but that's where that's where it comes to different people because different people write soap notes different and you have to acknowledge that and obviously by nature your educator is going to start dragging you towards their style and then when you have another educator, another educator their style and another educator and before you finally figure out what are you going how are you going to write your notes by your with your own choice even till now i write my notes a bit different from the next physio beside me but it, the most important thing is that you're getting the what you're supposed to be asking and the important stuff are being written down there you know red flag red flag Red flag questions are being crossed out. Safety concerns are being addressed. Those th those are the bare minimum, I would always say, for any placement. The safety and red flags that you need to know. I think Kim asked a quick question about IT systems. I'm just going to address that. IT systems are a nightmare in almost every place I've been. And that first week, patient getting patient notes is always going to be, it varies trust to trust. And in some places you have paper, some places you have IT. And some places don't even give students access to you know the IT system. I've been in placements where they say, Oh yeah, well, you, don't, you don't get it and you just have to use your educator's own. So it's just a difficulty that's almost inevitable, but some places are, you know, a lot more smoother towards students. So you might not even have those issues with IT because you might be set up the first day you get there. So it's just different for everyone. Absolutely. I know we're coming towards the end of the show now. So don't know if we could quickly uh, circle back to Joe's question. Absolutely, I was gonna say, obviously the best thing to do to follow us on social media, PM First Steps, obviously Jack as well. Um, so any, Joe mentioned any hashtags or anything that people could know that, you know, I know for myself, I just put stuff out there um, and tag people I know who are gonna be respectful and, and worth getting their feedback from. Um, so the likes of Jack Chu, Baruch, James uh, Armstrong, who's part of Physio Matters at First Steps as well. Uh, what about you, you guys? Any tips for posting on social media, Farouk? Oh, if you want to make sure it's obvious that you're a student I'd just uh, or what your position is, I'd just post it in that individual tweet. Um, but if it says on your profile, then if people are interested, they can know. But I think you've just got to ask those questions. Just have faith in yourself. Um, yeah, the physio space is generally quite positive. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll just wrap up in a second. I think Joe, Joe has an interesting idea of using a hashtag, which is something we could look into, you know, making a hashtag specific for, you know, physical clinical questions that obviously you tag, you tag, you know, PM First Steps and use that hashtag so that other people might just stumble across it. But it's something we might look into and see because that's a good idea, actually. Absolutely. So that's us running out of time now. We've run over a little bit, so hopefully Jack won't uh, shout at us too much. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, but any finishing comments from yourselves that you'd like to add to, that we haven't spoken about yet? Really, or anything? I just, I just think that you know, placements at this time can be difficult. Um, so make sure you keep in contact um, with your course mates, your tutor, your clinical educator. If you have any difficulties at all, just speak to someone who you feel comfortable speaking to because it is difficult at the moment. And, you know, we want to make sure that you're getting the support that you need. Yeah. And my, my, my final thing is that I think the placements at this time particularly will be a lot more different and challenging. And But however, you have, when I always think of things and I think of how difficult they are, I think of the end of it when I finish, when I get to the goal. 
And if you think about it, you've been through, I'm very similar like you, you've been through quite a bit, a few different things that are challenges, but you're still keep going. And if you think about it, when you finish, you know, qualify, it's going to be so much more rewarding and you're going to have so much more, you know, relevant experience in the sense of you'll know how things are going to go forward. Whereas some people are, you know, changing with the times where you are, that's how you're going to know what to go forward. So, uh, you know, just have to keep pushing through and don't crack. You're diamond, man, don't crack. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, my final thoughts would be a lot of people are stressed, a lot of students are stressed at the moment and the the lecturers trying to find us placements. It's it's sort of stress all around. Um, So try and stay calm. If you want to contact us and feel free to reach out to us, PM First Steps or myself, Reese, Farouk, Amelia will attest to that. If anybody, you know, feels like they need to let out some steam, feel free to contact us because sometimes it can get a little bit much talking behind the screen to everybody and not having that interaction face-to-face in person. So absolutely, but we will get there. We will get out on placement and we will qualify in the end. And, you know, similar to what Farouk said, I remember saying that is train hard, race easy. So hopefully this training being so difficult and so challenging (laughs) when we do qualify, (laughs) it might be a little bit easier. (laughs) The expectations might be a little, little bit less. Right. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us. And thank you, Farouk, for taking time out of your day to join me and Amelia today. Anytime. Right. Thank you.